morning, everyone. I'd like to say welcome to our visitors. Good to have you here this morning with us. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for your prayer. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Hebrews chapter 10 with me this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. We'll pick up where we left off last time in our time together. Talking about the privileges of the redeemed people of God. These privileges that should be uh, motivation uh, or that which compels us to do what we do as a body. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Remember, this is God's holy word. Let us give heed and our open ears to what we hear here this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Hear God's word. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest, great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confidence of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. May God bless his word to us here this morning. I've got a question for you. If someone asks you the question, why does God save? How would you answer that question? Why it is that God put his law in our hearts? Why does God forgive our sins? Why does he give us access to himself, all of which is done through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Why does God do these marvelous things, these, these wonderful, gracious things? Why is it that God do it in our lives? There's only one answer for his glory. That is why. That is why you uh, under, come to understand and know God and, and, and know Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit by the word. It, it, the, the reason why God does these things is that he do, he do it for, for his glory. Uh, the, the, the Westminster Catechism, the Shorter Catechism, says that the, the chief end of man is to, to glorify God and, and enjoy him forever. This, this, is, this is the reason God saves. God saves not to give you comfort from hell. 
not to make you feel good about yourself. God saves. He redeems. He atones for our sins for his glory. His glory alone. This is why this is why what God draws us near in salvation through Christ in order that we may know him, that we may enjoy him. And, and this glorifies him. Glo glorifying God is, is not a is not to be a tagline. You know, uh, if people ask you, talk, you know, you talk to them about God and you say glory to God. It, it, to, to some, I believe it's just something that they say. It's not something that they understand, not something that they mean. Because they don't live it out. This is what the passage uh, gets at. It gets at glorifying God through how we live. But but how we live is built upon the the truth that God has given us. Doctrine, true doctrine about Christ. <laughs> the writer of Hebrews. The foundation of glorifying God, the writer of Hebrews says that it starts with Jesus Christ. We saw that in chapter one in the very beginning. The writer of Hebrews starts out. He says, God, after he has spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions, in many ways in these last days, we are in the, the last day, these last days that 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 he speaks of. It says he has spoken to us in his son. In his son. You, you, you want to know about God, the father? Know his son through his word. He says in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things through whom he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory. And the exact rep representation of his nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power, which he had made purification of sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We're talking about glorifying God through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is this is the end of all things. And so we've been looking at here in our passage our spiritual privileges. And we saw last week that because of God and and his uh, desire to save a people for himself so that we might glorify him, he gave our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to die upon the cross. And, and we see that because of Christ and his death that we, we can enter the holy places. The, the language that the, the writer of Hebrews is using is familiar to Jews. It's not quite familiar to us, but it's familiar to the Jewish, to the Jewish believer because they understood, uh, the, uh, the tabernacle and, and all that, that, uh, is meant by the, 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 uh, the, the furniture in the tabernacle and what is meant by the high priest and, and his work. Uh, of offering sacrifices and and his work of mediation, the, the people understood that, and that's the that's the language that we have here in, in our text. And, and, and notice in verse nineteen, it says, "Therefore, since we we have confidence to enter the holy place 
by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is referring to this is the uh, what what the how the high priest would go in once a year on the day of atonement and offer sacrifice. He would go in uh, to to offer sacrifice on the day of atonement with the with the with the names of the, of the twelve tribes of Israel on his uh, breastplate, representing the people of Israel. And he went in for the people. But the writer of the of Hebrews says we don't need that anymore. We have confidence now through Jesus Christ. We don't need a priest. He's telling these Jewish believers, you don't need a priest. And, and for us today, we don't need any other, we don't need anybody to give us access to God. We have it in Christ. If you believe in him, we have access. This is what he's saying. This confidence is open, unhindered access. The, the high priest went in once a year the people of Israel did not go into the tabernacle to fellowship with God. Only the high priest, only the priest and the, the writer is saying Christ, the work of Christ uh, through his sacrificial death is so great that we have confidence to enter the very place that the high priest went into. He's, he's speaking as a uh, metaphorically, the very place into the presence of God, we can walk boldly into the holiest of holies and not fear. Not fear what, what will happen to us because of what Christ has done for us. We can go into, he says, the holy places. We can go freely and as often as, as we desire. We have access to God. This is the blessing of, of the gospel. It tells us of the reality that that through Jesus Christ, who is the only mediator between God and man, that we can come to him. And if we we believe in him and trust in him, we can have access to holy God. He says we have confidence to enter the holy place by this, this we don't fellowship with God we don't come and pray to God based upon our own merits he says by the blood of Jesus Christ verse 20 by a new and living way new in a sense that this is new in a sense that is there's no longer sacrifices uh, that have to be offered uh, animal sacrifices that have to be offered in order for one to be made right with God. It is through Jesus Christ. He says uh, a new and living way, living way in a sense that Jesus Christ, who is our savior, he lives forever. <laughs> he says a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. Uh, speaking metaphorically, Christ is is uh, the, the the veil in the temple that separated the holy place from the from the most holy place. The the, the veil uh, the veil that that separated I should say the holy uh, the the uh, the access into the most holy place uh, is, is represented. It points to Jesus Christ, who in a, when he died and, and when he was crucified, he opened a way for us open the only way for us to have access to God. Remember when Christ died upon the cross, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom that, that pointed to the fact that now because of Christ and his death, 
we have open, unhindered access to God. Only through, it's only through Christ. Only through Christ that we can, that we can fellowship with God, that we can come and, and commune with him. And so we have confidence by the blood of Christ. It is only through believing in Christ and his sacrificial death. But, but he's, the writer said we have access. Uh, another privilege, not only do we have access, we have a great high priest. We, we, since, since these, he's writing to Jewish believers, he's saying, because these Jewish believers are tempted to go back to the Old Testament sacrificial system. The temple is still standing. And, and the, uh, with the temple in view, the people are tempted to go back to, to, to who, who at one time claimed to believe in Christ. They are tempted to go back and offer sacrifices through the Old Testament uh, priest. What, what, a, what a travesty that is, a turn, to, tur- turn from Christ back to that which pointed to Christ. He, he says, we have a great high priest. We, we have a great high priest who reigns at the Father's right hand, who intercedes even now at the Father's right hand, who has done the necessary work for salvation, who is seated, he is seated at the Father's right hand. There, there is nothing left to be done. He has done it all. So now, what do we do? The writer says, you draw near to God. Look at verse 22. He says, let us, based upon what Christ has done, who Christ is and what Christ has done, let us draw near. This is the 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 primary point that the author is making in these verses let us we what should characterize the people of god is that they are people who draw near to him on a continual regular basis there there are three exhortations before i get into to this there are three exhortations here in verses 22 through 20 25 let us draw near verse 22 let us hold fast and let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Let us draw near. We talked about this in our last time together. This is a, to continue, to not cease to draw near to God. And the condition, the condition of approaching God is we're to draw near with a true heart, a, a genuine heart, a, not, not, not fake, not coming and being fake, but, but genuine coming we're to come with with no uh, ulterior motives we're not to come uh being uh hypocritical we're not to 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 draw near to god um pretending or going through the motions or uh, going to going to church because this is what everybody else is doing no the writer says let us draw near with a true heart because why god has cleansed our hearts he has given us a new heart. Verse 16, the, the writer uh, pointing to the new covenant. He says, this is the, the covenant that I will make with each of them after the days, says the Lord. I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind. I will write them. We are under the new covenant. We are people who have a, a new heart, a, a heart. Ezekiel said that the stony heart has been taken out and a heart of flesh has been given to us, a heart of flesh that is sensitive now to God, that wants 
to know God, that desires to be near to God. That's the kind of heart that a true believer has. And the writer is, is saying, let us draw near with a true heart. You come to the house of God, you can come here and be real and be open about how you feel about him, about what you think about him. That you love him. We, we, we sung these wonderful songs of worship. Because God has changed our heart. So the writer says, we're to come near with the, with the true heart. And full, of, uh, full assurance of faith. Not, not only are we to draw near with the true heart, but we to, we're to have a, a wholehearted commitment to God and in his promises in Christ Jesus. Our allegiance is to be to, to God and to Christ alone. We're not to be divided uh, in, in what we in what we we believe. And we know that these Hebrew Christians, that they're they were divided. Uh, they were they were not uh, assured of what they believe. And the writer is telling us that we're to be have full assurance, not just some assurance, but full assurance. We, we, we had a full assurance of Christ's finished work on the cross. We would have full assurance that what he has done has dealt with our sin and removed the barrier between us and God. Full assurance of faith. And what God has done through Jesus Christ. And then he adds, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an e e uh, evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. Just talking about the fact that we have been cleansed. Uh, we have been spiritually cleansed of our sins. And, 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 and our, because our sins have been forgiven. And, and, and our identification is now with Christ. This could not happen through the old covenant system. This, this is the point that the, the writer is making. Now these things are true of us. They're not true of those who hold to the old system. The writer has already said to us in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 4, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. In verse 14, it says this. For by one offering, talking about Christ, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Verse 17, he says, in their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. We've been forgiven. We have God's law in our hearts. We've been perfected. And, and the only thing for us to do is to draw near with the true heart. Full of assurance full of assurance and confidence in who Christ is. So, so we're to draw near. So let's get into what we picked up last time here in verse 22. He says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We're to hold fast. If, if, we, if, if we know the gospel, if we embrace the gospel, if we proclaim the gospel, we tell others about Christ, if we if we say that we're saved, the writer says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, without wavering. Continue. What we're saying is when we went to Colorado last year, there were 
uh, if you remember the pictures, there were some uh, climbers. They had a mountain there and there were some climbers out there and they had ropes tied around them and they were climbing uh, this, this, this high mountain. And, and uh, as, as I thought about this passage and, and imagine uh, just thinking about those climbers climbing and they got a rope tied around them and it, you see the rope dangling, they're holding on to the rope, they're ho- holding on to the rock. What would happen if they let go? wouldn't be good they were holding on you could see them clinging to the rock climbing up this 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 rock face they're holding on to it, clinging and 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 that's kind of what the the author is saying here he's saying just like you those climber was clinging for their lives to 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 the rock to the mountain they were climbing up he's saying we're to cling to Christ in the same way. Don't let him go. You have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hold to him. Cling to him is what the is what the 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 the, the writer said. Cling and hold fast to what you say that you believe about him. The confession here is a it's a set of, of, of beliefs. What you believe about the Old Testament, what you believe about the New Testament, what you believe about the word of God, what you believe the Bible says about God, what you believe the Bible says about Christ, what you believe the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Hold to those things. Cling on to it. If you say that you believe it, hold on to it. Hold on no matter what. Even if it gets tough in life. These believers are being persecuted. Even when you are persecuted for Christ, hold on to what you claim you believe. To Hold on to what you say you believe. The temptation is when persecution comes, when we're persecuted, the temptation is, is to take the least, the, the path of least resistance. If you if, if 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 you're in school and 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 if you're saved, you you go to school and and somebody find out you find out you're a Christian, you're kind of ashamed of that reality. Or you go to work, and 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 somebody uh, say, "Oh, this is a a Christian," you you kind of downplay it. The, these believers, they're going through persecution. And they're tempted to turn away from what they profess about Christ back to the Old Testament sacrificial system. When, when times get tough, we're tempted to turn away from Christ. The writer is saying, hold fast, hold fast, hold fast your confession of, of, of the hope that you have, you say that you have. Don't, don't bend, don't give in. Don't give in when life gets difficult. Don't drift away. Don't stop coming to church. The writer said, I already said in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, he says to these to the readers, he said, Therefore, we must pay, pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. What is he talking about? What have, have they heard? They've heard the gospel. 
And he's saying you got they must pay close attention unless they drift away. Anyway, don't deviate, don't waver. And watch why is it that we, we shouldn't deviate or waver? Why should we hold fast? The writer gives us the answer. He says, For he who promised is faithful. <laughs> Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. What you hear taught about Christ, what you read in your Bible about Christ, hold fast to it, believe it. If the Bible says that one day Christ will return, he will return. Believe it. God is faithful to that. If the Bible says absent from the body, present with the Lord, believe that. If the Bible says, oh, here's a, here's a hard one here. Counting all joy in various trials and tribulations. You can believe that you can do it because God is faithful. You say, well, the way I'm living my life, it, it is tough. I'm going through difficulties. It's not about how you feel. It's about God's faithfulness. It is better for you to obey God and do what God says rather than what you feel. Sometimes you have to press on about uh, and, and, and say that I will glorify Christ no matter how I feel. And, and I can I can tell you, there have been times in my life as a young man, I'm still a young man, <laughs> where there were times I, I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like doing this. I didn't feel like doing this. I didn't feel like answering the phone. And, and I press in those moments you. Well, this is what I I have to do it because I've been saved. I've been changed. And, and, and in those moments when I press through and I press through in obedience, no matter how how I felt, the end result was joy. I can't explain it. Joy in oh, knowing that I'm that I'm first of all, that I'm redeemed because I was able to press in obedience and do what God says. And God, in, as, 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 as I obeyed God's word, that, that there was joy in my heart. Why? Because God is faithful. His grace is sufficient. And, and this is why we're to hold fast to what we believe, because God is faithful. God, God is, is faithful. And you can trust him. You can trust him, even if someone tells you, takes you and put you on your knee and put a gun in your head and tell you to deny Christ. If they take your life, God is faithful, even in that moment. Because what he has done in Christ is sufficient. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what we're what we're dealing with. Doesn't matter what we're going through. God's grace in Christ is sufficient. It's right there with us. So not only are we to 
draw near that 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 wonderful privilege of drawing near to God to move us to 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 worship and the prayer. Not only are we to hold fast the confession of our hope. Verse twenty-four. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Notice this is just as the other two. This is a command for us. And this word, it says, let us consider. This, 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 this idea of considering here is to exercise the mind. To, con- to, 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 to contemplate, to intentionally deliberate so that you will have a clear understanding of how to stir one another up. Jesus used this same word in Luke 11 when he says, consider the lilies. Consider the ravens. He was talking about how God provided for, for, for he provided uh, for the lilies, provided for the ravens. They consider, Jesus said, consider. And what he meant was that they were to look and to think about, to analyze, and to come to a conclusion. If God cared for these, he can care for his people. Here in our text, it says, let us consider we're to, to think about, we're to, we're to look for ways, we're, we're to see, we're, we're to look for needs and, and opportunities to stir one another up, to, to incite, to, uh, to intentionally pry, you know, like with a, you know, on a, probably this, this may not be a good example, but uh, like on a, you get a, a in a cattle farm, they got these, uh, these these things that they use to prod the, the cattle to move when they want them to move and they you know shock them and and, and get them to move that we, we're not to do that to one another <laughs> we're not to to poke each other be like go around poking each other but i mean in in a, in a way to write that's what he he's saying in a but he's saying it with love we're we're to we're to we're to, we're to consider how to uh, to to light a fire in each other's lives. He's saying we all are to do this. This this he says how to how to stir one another up. Remember we went through the one another class on, on Wednesday, and, and one another is a reciprocal pronoun. This is this is something that that we're to do. We're to do to one another. You're to do it to me. I'm to do it to you. And so we're, we're to consider, we're, we're to be, think, we're to contemplate how it is that we can stir one another up. And, and one of the challenges of Christianity today is, the, is individualism in, in, in the church where people will, you know, they, they, they see this, uh, they, they see it in their, understanding of scripture that they don't I really don't need nobody else I don't need another Christian I, I don't need to 
you know, I don't need to gather together, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. I don't need to gather together with, with other people. You know, I just come to church and, 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 and that's it. I really don't need to contribute anything to, to the lives of, of fellow believers. But this is not what this passage is saying. This is a responsibility given to us all. He says, let us consider it. So even today, th this is a command we're to obey. Consider if you're a believer, you're well, one of the responsibilities you have when we gather is this. God saved you. He joined you together with Christ. In the body of Christ, we're the body of Christ. He joined you together so that you can be a blessing to one another. You say, well, I'm an extrovert, I mean, an introvert. I really, I really uh, have a hard time getting along or, or, or coming out of myself, talking with others. Well, this passage tells us that even though you may be an introvert, though this passage tells us that we, we need one another. Uh, all the members are here uh, or should be here to help one another. So, so we, must, we must consider one another. And, 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 and I said this before, this this is what makes the church so different than the world our commands or the one another's we we uh, all the one another encourage one another admonish one another love one another and really loving one another is, is a way that you can say that all the one another's are summed up they're summed up in loving one another when 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 we are one anothering each other how beautiful how beautiful the, the church is when we're just we're just loving and giving and serving and caring and praying and admonishing. And we do it when how beautiful the church. Oh, that's how you don't see it from I see it when I from my perspective as that goes on. And that glorifies God. It, that just no matter how difficult it is for me to move toward others, remember it glorifies your God who saved you and Christ who came into the world and took upon himself human flesh and died up on the cross for you, the God man. If he did that for you, the least thing I can do is move toward my brother and sister in a way that will cause them to be stirred up in their faith to serve God. So he says how to stir one another up to love. Loving other believers is to be a distinguishing mark of, of what it means to be a true disciple. If, if we are truly believers, we're to be loving one another. It's not an option. John 13, verses 34 through 35 our Lord says this to his disciples. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. 
even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men, saved and unsaved, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus gives this again. He says, but this, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. And listen to John chapter 17, verse 26. <laughs> he says, Jesus in his high priestly prayer, he said, and I have made your name known to them. Talking about he's praying to God the Father. He said, I made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you love me. Who is he talking about? The love in which God the Father loves the Son. He says, he says I have made your name known so that the love which, uh, with which you love me may be in them. And I in them. So we're to consider how to stir one another up to love. You can't do that. By coming in and having sinful attitudes or being selfish. So to stir, to stir one another to love. He says, and good works. This is what God saved us for. Pastor Mark read it earlier. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8. Through nine, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Your salvation is a gift of God, not, not of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we will walk in them. God saved you in Christ for good works. And, and this is the, the purpose, even of the elders and, and the, the, those who teach and, and those who preach in the church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 6, he says, uh, G, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul says, And he, Christ, gave some apostles and, and some as prophets and some as evangelists and, and some as pastors, teachers. This pastor teachers are how elders fulfill their, their function in the church. This is how elders shepherd the church through preaching and teaching. And what is the purpose? Why did God give elders who preach and teach in the church? For the equipping of the saints, verse 12, for the work of service. To the building up of the body of Christ. So we're to, to, to stir one another up to love, to, to work, because that's what we've been, been called to do as believers. And you say, well, I mean, that, how can I do that? Well, it may start with just setting the example of what it means to love and do good deeds. It may mean if you're gifted 
if you're gifted in an area, if you are gifted, if you this is something that if God has gifted you and you have a desire to to serve in, in, in a certain way, invite other people to serve with you. Get don't sit around and say, well, somebody else needs to do what I'm doing. No, you you get people involved with what you're doing. Initiate a ministry and invite others to join. If you go visit someone, perhaps you have the the you know, God has gifted you with the gift of mercy and and you 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 show mercy. Uh, that is your desire. And you go visit someone. Take somebody else with you. We, we can't be so wrapped up in ourselves as, as, as the body of Christ. Because we're to we have a responsibility toward one another to love and to, to do good work. And this this means that we, we need to start. We, we have to think about our gathering together differently don't we? we don't just you don't come here just to listen to the pastor or to 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 just come and and together together and be entertained by the worship no that there's there's a there's a reason underneath why we are gathered together and the reason is so that we might serve one another. Yes, we come to worship God and that is the motivation. And as we worship God and we praise God through his word by the Holy Spirit. That should be fuel for us to serve one another. And beloved, when that takes place in the church. <laughs> when that takes place in the church. No one should be should feel out of place. No one should feel left out. We should be able to come to church and, and be be able to be trans, uh, transparent. Brother, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? And, and, and not expect, oh, you don't supposed to do that. I remember when as a young believer. Sitting in a group of old men. I was a young man sitting in a group of old men. And I left that group so discouraged. Because I felt because because I was out of place. They were living the Christian life on this level and I was down here and I and 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 nobody was coming to my level to help me to get up to their level. So it's important when we come together. I'm I'm a I'm in here. It's, it's, it's important when, when we come together to see our time, to, to, to see our time together as a time to to engage with one another. Because you never you never know, beloved, you never know what your brother and sister are going through. You you never know. You 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 have no idea what your brother and sister may be struggling with. And, and so as we as we come together, we should set it in our mind. 
I'm going to get around to know I'm going to get around and I'm a I'm going to find a way to 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 be involved in everyone's lives so that they might glorify God. And and and, and how to 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 stir it in. I want to consider in, in conversation as as you talk with with other people, that is an opportunity to to listen and to 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 hear what are their needs what are their challenges and the other side of that is that you need to be available you need to be open for others to get to know you and your needs and your challenges so that they can get involved in your life we all need one another i need you you need me We're all one big family. I had to put that one in there. This is we're we're talking about glorifying God. We 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 glorify God best in a gathering by moving toward one another in love. And when that once again, when that takes place, when we draw near to God, and it was so beautiful as we were singing these songs. It was so beautiful that we were drawn near to God in worship and, and in prayer and in the reading of the word, but it just does not end there. It, it's, it's just getting started. Once the service ends, it's just getting started. We still worship God in the way that we uh, in, uh, in the way that we move toward one another. Let, let us let us close in prayer. Father, I, I am so grateful to you that you have opened a door for each and every one of us to have access to you through Christ. And Father, for those who don't know you, Father, I pray that you would help them to see and to know and to come to understand the blessing that they are missing out on. What we have as believers in Christ, the world cannot duplicate. The world, the world cannot duplicate the, the, the environment, the loving environment that we are to have as those who gather together on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, if, 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 if we can. The, the world, they, they can only desire what we have, but we have it. We have access to you. We have a mediator. We have a great high priest uh, who, who, who not only mediates for us, but is the one through whom we have our sins forgiven. We have a, a new mind. We have your law planted in our mind and our hearts. We've been perfected. Our consciences are clean. We're sanctified. We are being sanctified. We can we can love you and we can love one another with a sincere heart. What other motivation do we need? We have been given everything that pertains to life and to godliness. We we have everything. Not only do we have a, 
uh, our relationship with you, but we have a relationship with all believers. Hallelujah. Father, may we, we come to know the blessing of what we have in Christ and in our union together as believers and help us. And Father, I know, I know for all of your children who are gathered here, they have a desire to obey your word, to, to, to stir one another up. They have a desire to obey what you command us to do in regards to, to our uh, serving one another. But we need your grace. We, we need your grace to do it. We can't depend upon ourselves. We can't depend upon our own thinking. We can't depend upon our feelings. We can't depend upon our emotions. We have to depend upon the truth of what Christ has done. And because Christ has done the work, we can. Hallelujah. We can. May this church continue to be and to grow in being loving toward one another so that others will see that you are worship in this place. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.